Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 75 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the post-marathon blues and post-marathon recovery. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and welcome to episode 75 my name is letty and i'm usually accompanied by my husband ryan who could not make it unfortunately today but we're in for some fun topics so if you've previously listened to our podcast and you're back, welcome back. I appreciate it. And if you're new, we want to welcome you to our weekly podcast where we bring you inspirational stories shared by our running community, as well as information that could make you a better runner through nutrition, training, whatever it be. We try to bring you a wide range of experts when it comes to these topics because we are no experts and that goes right hand in hand with my disclaimer for today's episode. I am not a running coach nor am I a medical professional. I am just an average runner and I ask a lot of questions. My favorite question is why? So I'm a lawyer by profession and I love research. So when you put those two together, you will find somebody who will get answers for you. And that goes for all of our episodes, including today's. So as mentioned, today we're going to talk about the post-marathon blues. So for today, I will give you a definition, symptoms, causes, and treatment, which is the typical medical layout that I copied because it makes sense. And then when it comes to the second topic of ours today, which is post-marathon recovery, we're going to come to the bottom of why all these coaches tell you to rest for a certain time period and whether it makes sense for everybody to follow that rule or if there are certain runners that benefit from more or less recovery. So with that said, let's get started. All right, so post-marathon blues is also known as post-race blues or post-marathon depression. And that is a term by many runners to describe the feelings of sadness that sets in once a race has been completed. Symptoms and signs of post-marathon depression can be that you just cross the finish line and you have your euphoric moment. And then even within a day or two, you are starting to feel a little bit depressed. You feel a little bit sad. You feel like you're lacking motivation. You want to sleep more. You're feeling a little bit lost. You do not want to run again. And you're feeling antisocial. Of course, there can be other symptoms and signs of this, but these are just in general things that you might experience. So now that we know what these signs are, let's figure out the cause of all of this, because once we know the cause, we can move on to figure out how to fix it. And this cause in most instances is very simple. We are simply lacking a sense of purpose, because if you think about it, 
Everything you have done for the last two, three, four, or maybe even five months evolved around your training. Everything you did was catered for this one marathon that you've been training for, which the main things are you catered your sleep towards this marathon, you catered your nutrition towards this marathon, and you catered your social life towards this marathon. So let's talk about your sleep a little bit. You've made adjustments to your sleep, not only to make sure that you have enough sleeping hours to recover, but maybe you also had to get up extra early to get some miles in prior to going to work. When it comes to your nutrition, maybe for the first time in a long time, you started to change your diet because you didn't just have to get in more calories, but you also wanted to get in healthy calories that would fit with your training and recovery. And last but not least, let's talk about your social life. So sleep obviously has impacted your social life because maybe you wanted to go out, but you chose not to because you wanted to go to bed early to get in a run in the morning. Same with nutrition. Maybe you didn't go to the restaurants that you normally went to because now you're looking at your diet. And besides the sleeping and the eating habits that have changed, maybe you are also now hanging out with more runners. Maybe running has taken away time from your family. Maybe you have little ones at home that saw you a little bit less because you were always running. So there's a lot of things, as we mentioned, that have catered towards your marathon training. And with the marathon now being something that was in the past, you are lacking a sense of purpose because you no longer have to train And you almost feel like something has been taken from you as you're going to this circle of grief. I know this is starting to sound really dramatic, but it can happen to all of us that we feel a little bit down after we're done running. So it's always good to know why, because knowledge is power. So now that we know why we are feeling this way, let's talk about the treatment or how to fix it. So with that said, number one, plan for this. Plan that you're going to be feeling a little bit negative after a race. Again, knowledge is power, so you know what to expect from yourself. So when you do feel that way, it won't affect you as harshly. And then plan to perhaps enjoy the endorphins after the race. Plan to have a couple of great meals where you celebrate your accomplishment, wear your medal around your neck wherever you go, and just plan on doing whatever makes you feel good after the race. So number two would be be constructive. Instead of just sitting with your negative emotions, you can choose to perhaps analyze your training. Go back in your training log, look at it and see how you did. Honestly, ask yourself how your training went, what could have gone better, and perhaps plan on seeking revenge to that race or improving. Number three, surround yourself by the people that you've missed most. So perhaps that is your family, perhaps that is your children. Perhaps now you can make more time to spend with them doing things they like and really be present in the moment and enjoy that. Perhaps now is the time to catch up with your friends that have supported you all along, but you haven't really given back that support. Ask them how they're doing, what's important in their lives and really be there for them as well. And number four is find a new sense of purpose for yourself. So what that means is basically just to find a new goal that does not have to be running related at all. Perhaps you want to go back to school and you want to 
achieve something academically. Perhaps you want to read a bunch of books. Perhaps you want to get into a new hobby that you haven't done. And whatever this is, just dive into it as if it were running and pretty soon you will feel happy again. If, however, you are like me and you love running so much that your next goal is already going to be focusing on another marathon, then you need to be careful about recovering from this past marathon. And with that, we are now going to smoothly transition into our next topic, which is going to be how to recover post-marathon. All right, so when it comes to the timing of your post-marathon recovery, how much time do we need to take off? There's a lot of information online that tells us a certain amount of days that is right for us. But when it talks about us, it talks about us as the person that has completed a marathon. These websites, coaching websites, wherever you find that information, don't really make a difference between certain runners. They don't really talk about how much time is appropriate if you've been racing for a really long time or if you've exerted a tremendous amount of effort. It doesn't really take into consideration how your training went, how many weeks you've been training, how many miles you put in and all that stuff, which obviously logically makes a difference. So I kind of want to dive into that, how this information was brought about and how we ourselves can kind of calculate our own time that our bodies need off from running in order to be fully rested so that our muscles can be prepared to take on training and handle training well again. All right. So when you think about your marathon, there are three things that are going to happen with your body when you run, and that is you're going to be dehydrated, highly likely, no matter how much water you try to take in during those water stops. If you're running, you're going to be a little bit on the dehydrated side. The other thing that's going to happen is you're going to deplete your glycogen stores, even if you are taking in gels. Of course, that helps, but you're going to be depleting that. And the next thing and last thing that's going to happen is that you're going to cause damage and that is a third D. So you have dehydration, depletion, and damage. And when I'm talking about damage, it's mostly likely going to be muscle fiber damage that you're causing when you're doing uh, this type of distance in running. So those three things are things that you're going to need to recover from. Obviously, the first two, the dehydration and the depletion of your glycogen stores is something that can happen rather quickly. As soon as you're stopping your run, you're going to be thirsty and you're going to rehydrate your body. So that can be taken care of. Same with the depletion of your glycogen stores. Highly likely with whatever foods you're going to take in, you can recover from that. There have been studies and I can link those in our show notes. So that normally happens within the first few days up to a week. It shows that you have been restored fully. However, when it comes to the damage to your muscle fiber, there are definitely a few more things to consider, and let's hop into one of those studies too. So this study I found on the website of the National Center for Biotechnology Information, and it was very interesting. A little bit about the study. The study was authored by Juan Del Coso and others, and it examined 40 marathoners. The aim of the study was to determine the causes of running fatigue in warm weather. And of course, while conducting the study, there is a bunch of other things that came into light during the study. 
So how was the study done? So like I said, there was 40 runners. I think it was 34 male, six female. And the runners were amateur runners. And unfortunately, not much was known about their training prior to the marathon. But basically what they did was they examined the runners for muscle fiber damage immediately after the marathon. And then again, two weeks later, so two weeks after the marathon. And then they examined the runners again, I believe a month, so four weeks after the marathon. All right, so then what were the findings? What did the study find? Here it goes. So the findings about muscle fiber damage was that muscle fiber damage ranged from minimal up to 25%. So another finding that was made was that there's a direct correlation of damage to runners that had slowed down versus runners that remained uh, strong during the marathon. So basically, they analyzed the runner's speed. And runners that slowed down more than 15% of their first 5K of the race to the last 5Ks of the race showed significant more muscle damage than those who maintained their speed. And I think that makes sense because if you get tired, you go into preservation mode and... Sometimes that can go hand in hand if you don't have the muscle, your muscle is supposed to contract. And if it doesn't do that anymore, that's how it goes into preservation mode. So let's talk about the findings about healing time. Um, so they found that your glycogen has been restored, uh, had been restored after a week. And they also showed that some runners still had damage in their muscle fiber after two weeks and some even after four weeks and eight weeks, but that that damage directly corresponded with those who had a higher level of fatigue, specifically speaking, the runners that had slowed down. So what does that tell us? It gives us information about the healing time of muscle fiber damage and lets us come up and create our own estimates of what the healing time should be for runners depending on certain things such as how people felt during and after the marathon. So think about how you felt during the last marathon. Was it fun and easy or did it feel strained? Did it feel a little bit strained or did it feel super strained? Were you able to walk the next day or were you limping around? And then also take into consideration your training level and your level of expertise. How many miles do you run weekly? Is that 26 miles that you did on that day a small fraction or is it the highest mileage that you have done? Is it more than half the miles that you usually done during the miles? And then, of course, as we said, um, consider your splits. Did you have positive splits because you got tired? Um, another couple of things, how many marathons have you done? All that stuff. Um, with that, you can kind of gauge where you would be when it comes to recovering. Like I said, they mentioned that seven days is normally what it takes for your body glycogen levels and everything else to be restored. And we'll have more information on that next week when we talk to our nutritionist. So the next question, logically, that follows this is how can we help our bodies recover effectively? All right, so now that we know how the recovery process 
works and we understand that each one of us has a different recovery journey ahead of ourselves, let's talk about some things that we can do to help our bodies get through this recovery process. So the things to focus on immediately after our race will be nutrition and our physical recovery. So when it comes to nutrition, we're talking about rehydrating and refueling, which basically just means drinking and eating. And of course, there's a ton of information about that on the internet, and we don't know what to believe. So next week in our podcast, we're going to have an interview with registered dietitian Amy Shapiro, who will get into exactly those questions. What do we need for certain muscle groups to recover? What we shouldn't eat? all that good stuff. So stay tuned for that for next week. So when it comes to our physical recovery, the tips that we read about was to do short and light effort, low impact cross training activity. And the reason for that is because we want to boost our circulation, warm our muscles and aid the healing process with that. So with all these activities, what we're trying to do is to increase the blood flow to our muscle groups so that way healing can occur. And that takes me into the next um, eye-opening information that I found, which is that certain things that we do actually do not help our recovery. And there is three of them I'm going to list and explain. So the first one is stretching. The second one is taking anti-inflammatories. And the third one is icing that is also really controversial. So let's talk about stretching. So light stretching supposedly is good because, like I said, it kind of brings a little bit of circulation to these muscles. But if we do the long stretches that are deep, that we hold for a long time, stretching actually reduces the blood flow. So I guess don't stretch. The second one I mentioned is taking anti-inflammatories and taking anti-inflammatories can help us feel better, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually good for us. What anti-inflammatories do is they stop inflammation and inflammation is actually the beginning of the healing process. And we need inflammation because inflammation is critical to heal injuries and recovery. So there is a lot of studies on that, um, especially during training, when we break up our muscles, that we are supposed to not take anti-inflammatories because otherwise our muscles cannot recover the way they would if they were to just go through the healing process. We actually have a whole episode on this topic where we talk about studies on vitamin I, also known as ibuprofen, with Dr. Patrick Byrne. And that is a, an episode really early on in the life of this podcast, which is number 23. I'm going to link it in our show notes, or at least I'm going to try to do that. And um, yeah, that's exactly what Dr. Patrick talked about. What do anti-inflammatories do to our bodies and whether or not they are even helpful for our recovery? All right, so let's talk about icing. Everybody and their mother in the running community knows of the acronym RICE, which stands for rest, ice, compression, and elevation, which of course will make us feel better because if you think about it logically, if we put ice on something, it gets cold and it kind of numbs it. So inevitably, we're going to feel better. Anyway, so along those lines, Dr. Gabe Merkin, who helped popularize the use of rice, 
by co-authoring the book, The Sports Medicine Book, in 1978, he now denounces the icing methods that he once advocated for. So he says that there is no question that icing can reduce pain, at least temporarily, but it's not at no cost. So he says anything that reduces your immune response will also delay the muscle healing. So the message here is that inflammation is blocked by icing, which has been shown in several studies, and that's uh, his quotes. So in summary, Dr. Merkin, once an advocate for the icing methods for recovery, now says that the icing methods might delay your healing process. So again, this takes me to the point that Ryan, who is not on the show today, always tries to make. He always says, listen to your body. That's something that we don't do a lot anymore. We don't listen to our bodies when it comes to pace. Instead, we look at our watch. And when it comes to our healing process, we are all tempted to be taking some kind of anti-inflammatory so we don't feel the pain that we are naturally supposed to experience, which eventually will fade when our body lets us know that we are ready to run again of course, I'm not here to tell you what to do and how to run and how to run your recovery. I'm just here to share some research with you. And if you're still here and listening, then I'm very grateful you have made it to the end of my solo episode. So applause. And hopefully you'll tune back in next week. As promised, we will have a registered dietitian talking to us about how to not only recover from your marathon, but also on how to eat post-marathon cycle without gaining a tremendous amount of weight. Um, I feel like that is something that nobody wants to talk about because we're all ashamed talking about this whole weight gain concern that all of us inevitably have. We all have been eating a ton of food because we've been running high miles for the last few months. And so now that we stopped running as much as we did before, we probably still have a bigger appetite. So we're going to talk about what we can do in regards to that. And yeah, so that's it. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are at running podcast. And if you want to join our Facebook group that we are still new in and are still uh, learning how to manage, you can find it as running with friends community. And thanks again for tuning in until next time. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.